Welcome to the Wild Woman Healing Podcast, where we dive into the discussions and practices that guide you back to your wild and true self. I'm your host, Riley Hedberg, creator and vessel for my business and entity, Wild Woman Healing. Together, we partner to create community, connection, and opportunities that help you to release what doesn't serve you, upgrade your frequency, and expand the inherent wisdom within your heart. I'm so grateful for your support, energy, and presence, as well as joining me on a journey in this podcast in rewilding yourself. Together, we will uncover the wisdom, creativity, and capabilities that already exist within you. Together, we will reclaim our right to stay wild. and welcome back to another episode of the Wild Woman Healing Podcast. I am your host, Riley Hedberg, Women's Rewilding Coach and Teacher, and I am so excited to have on the show um, our guest, Brittany Tam, today, and we're going to talk all about money. Yay! So excited to have this conversation because I think it is so important for all of us um, because there's a lot of wounds around money. There's a lot of negative beliefs around money that don't really serve us, right? And so I believe we really do live in an abundant universe that is here to support us in all of our desires. And that's what we're going to get into today. Um, and I'm excited to have another guest on the show for all of you guys. Um, so before we get into that, I just wanted to um, first say thank you to all of you for supporting me, for listening to me, and, um, you know, my journey and my experience. It really means a lot to me to have you all here. So just wanted to say thank you. And um, I have my Wild Woman Healing, Healing Academy course still open for enrollment. Um, and I believe by the time this episode comes out, it might still be 20% off. Um, let's just say I'm going to leave it 20% off until next Tuesday when the episode comes out. Um, but really excited about this. It's eight weeks online. We'll have four live sessions together, eight modules that are going to help you to connect with your wild and true self in order to release the shoulds and the have tos in your life so that you can begin to live according to your own values, live by your rules, and not be afraid to act on your desires and live your life in a way that feels really good and true to you. This is also for you if you want to be a part of a community of other wild women on your journey and you want some support from me as well as others in this space. Um, this is also for you if you kind of feel lost on your journey and um, are having trouble making decisions about your life, where to move forward. Maybe you have some um, issues with trusting yourself and what it really means to trust yourself and your intuition and your decisions, then this course is also for you. If you want to learn how to connect with the land so that you can feel like you're in communion when, with more than just yourself, then this course is also for you. Um, so if you're interested, you can go onto my website under the Wild Woman Healing Academy course and you can sign up there and you'll get instant access to intro course material along with a meditation and then a training. 
really excited about this. I think it's going to be really, really fun. I've had such a beautiful time creating this for you guys, and I can't wait to have you be a part of this transformation with me. Yay! Okay. Um, and without further ado, I'm going to introduce Brittany. So Brittany is an educator turned bookkeeper turned money coach. After teaching for 10 years, she found herself looking for a change. She went into bookkeeping with a naive idea that getting business owners financial clarity would be easy with the right processes. But it turns out that life is more complex than get your data in, get it processed, receive reports. She is now working with business owners to create clarity by digging into the relationship we have with money and shining a light on what's driving it. Her hope is that we can all move through our money life with more awareness, intention, and ease. And if you want to connect more with Brittany after hearing our beautiful conversation today, you can do so in the show notes below. And please remember, if you like this episode and show, to share this with other wild women, to like, subscribe, rate, and review. And without further ado, let's get into our episode. Aloha, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Wild Woman Healing Podcast. I am your host, Riley Hedberg, and we have a lovely guest on our show today. I'm so excited to welcome Brittany Tam all the way from Canada. Yay! Welcome, Brittany. I'm so excited. Yay! Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on the show. Um, for you listeners, we've already been having such a beautiful conversation today, and we've had so many beautiful conversations before, so I think that we are going to have some fun today. Um, but before we kind of get into the meat, the juice of our conversation, I always ask this to all of my guests on the show, and that is, what connects you to your wild and true self? I think that um, part of my growth over the last year particularly has been um, giving myself permission to express in whatever way I want to with the trust that um, I am full of love and I am full of compassion and whatever I don't have to worry about what the impact or creating a specific impact um, because it'll work out in the most beautiful way possible if I lead with love. Wow. That is powerful. Oh my gosh. That sounds like such a peaceful way to go about your life. It sounds to me like it's more, it's kind of like a surrender, right? Like there's nothing I need to really do. It's more of like, who am I being in this moment? And am I leading with love? Yeah, it's a it's a trust that um, I don't have to plan for any specific outcome because the universe will help me create the best outcome. Wow. And how limiting can it be if we have a certain picture in mind and we create this picture that is a product of our experiences what if there's something greater in store so yeah, yeah so a surrender and a trust 
Mm, yeah, I love that. And most of the time there is, right? Like there's like this beautiful outcome, this like beautiful thing that the universe has in store for us that with our human minds, we cannot see, right? As much as we want to try to like plan and like have these movies playing in our head about what life is going to look like and how it's going to feel and what it's going to be and like how it's going to make us feel, right? Um, that normally doesn't really happen. Um, and that's something I've really had to come to terms with in my life this year, which is um, just letting go of what I think should happen and what is going to bring me happiness and joy and fulfillment and success. And instead, just kind of, you know, being present to what is and like letting things be and trusting like you're saying. Um, so I think that's such a beautiful place to come from. And I think that's going to really resonate and open up a lot of stuff for our listeners. So, wow, thank you. That was a powerful powerful share uh it's taken a lot of there's a lot of years <laughs> there's a lot of years of different choices behind that so, yeah yeah um journey I'm curious um I mean I know that we're here to like talk about money and stuff but I feel like you know trust comes into a lot of you know, like money and just trusting um, that you're always going to be supported. So I'm curious, like how you really have um, gotten to a place now where you feel like you can trust your life, you can trust yourself, you can trust the universe and what's in store for you. That's a good one. Um, I think that I've had nudges uh, throughout, but um in a previous lifetime, I was a, a teacher and I struggled um, towards the end of my teaching career. And at that period of time, I started getting these little, um, in hindsight, I, I can see how they were hints um, because I would be having conversations with friends and they would be describing the moments at which they knew that this was a powerful friendship. And it was always some action that I didn't remember. It wasn't something that I intentionally did. It, it was something that I didn't necessarily see as significant. And it's been popping up through life um, since then. And to me, they're little hints that I don't have to try to create an impact, a positive impact, um, that if I do things intuitively from a place of love and compassion, then that's all that's necessary. Mm. I love that. Yeah, because it feels like, you know, when we're kind of trying to like make an impact, right? Or like have this big purpose, right? I think that this can happen with a lot of us. It's like, I need to have my specific purpose and like go out and share that with the world. And that can feel like a lot, right? Like it can feel super stressful and like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. Um, but like you were saying, just like listening to those intuitive nudges and you know, really following those and like knowing that you really don't have to force anything or like be anything and everything can just kind of like open up as it's meant to like, wow, that sounds like yeah. such a beautiful place to come from. And I think that when you try to control 
the outcome and try to control how people respond to it, it can do a number on you when it doesn't land the way you hoped it would, right? Um, yeah, it can it can affect your confidence. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like for me, it's like a lot of like disappointment usually, right? It's kind of like we set ourselves up to feel disappointed when we have all of these expectations and attachments. Mm -hmm. And that causes us to like suffer even more than we need to, right? Or it causes us, I feel mm -hmm. like, to hold on to things that aren't necessarily beneficial for us, whether that's like beliefs, relationships, experiences, jobs, you know, whatever it may be. So, yeah, radical detachment is kind of oh. what I'm hearing. I know that word just came to me. I'm like, whoa, following the intuition. <laughs> that's yes, what I found. Absolutely. That's what I found on this podcast. It's like kind of like things come through me and I'm like, oh, I just got to let it fly like out of my mouth. Um, always trust and right. Like here's an example, just like trusting what's coming through. Um, so yeah. Wow. That's so beautiful. So did you have trouble like trusting your intuition at first? Um <laughs> Do we not all like is this a problem that I only created for myself? Do we? Yeah. <laughs> I wish everybody could see your face. <laughs> is this? A... I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Like I absolutely had doubt. Did you? Oh yeah. Did you always know? Well. I feel like I had like some inkling, right? That there was like something within me that was like this deeper knowing, right? Like I could feel that. But yeah, of course I had trouble, um, you know, following my intuition. Like I was like, you know, there was like so many parts of my mind that was like, oh, you know, you have to do it this way or like you can't trust that, right? Um, I'm not sure. Like if there's anybody that's listening, that's like, no, I've never had trouble following my intuition. Because um, I've heard people say that, right? But I'm like, is that actually true? Like- Maybe they were just born that way, right? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of us do. I think it's totally normal, especially if we're kind of raised in a society that's more like you have to trust your mind, right? And your logic over... I was just going to say, yeah. Like um, when we when we grow up in a culture that is dominated by that very male perspective, and it's not like the divine masculine perspective it's that wounded masculine perspective mm -hmm. it's really I mean if you grew up without a doubt I am hats off to you that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> right good for you good for you person out there yeah and like I, I want to know how that happened I want to know <laughs> Um, what we can do to set it up so that more people don't have doubt. <laughs> yeah, but I think the beautiful part of it is it's like you have to learn it for yourself, right? Like how you trusted yourself, like the things that really helped you on your journey. And when you can do that, it's like it's much easier, I feel like, to be able to convey that to others or like teach other people or coach them or mentor them, which is kind of what you do, right? So I feel like if it's kind of, you know, you're born with that ability and you just trust your intuition right out of the bat, I mean, that's great. But then it's kind of like hard to be like, well, this is how I got here because you didn't really do anything. You just woke up and like, this is how, this is who I am. So it's kind of hard to go around and tell people, well, that you just have, you know, this is just who I was. So you just have to wake up and be you. Like, 
I feel like that doesn't make sense to a lot of people, right? They're like, yeah, that's all well and good, but how do I do that, right? Um, so I think that there is some beauty in like having to go on your journey and learn how to like trust yourself, right? How to trust your intuition, how to connect to that part of you. Um, because then you can help others that are on the journey, which is what you do. Yeah, the other thing that comes to my mind when you say that too is that duality of life. Um, and life is not one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, anyhow. That's so true. <laughs> it is, yeah, wow. It is, yeah. I feel like I could go into a rabbit hole with that too, which is like a whole nother thing. Um, okay, but we're here today to talk about money. Yeah. I'm sure you all are excited. I'm sure some of you are scared. You're like, oh God, I don't want to talk about money. Um, I know for me, it's something that can feel kind of scary for me. And I think a lot of others feel that way. Um, So yeah, if you just kind of want to share, um, if you feel called like your journey, your story, like how you kind of got into what you're doing now um, with us, that would be awesome. Yeah, so um, after teaching, one of the first things that I did was uh, started a bookkeeping practice and I was naive. I was like, all we're going to do is we're going to get the data in. We're going to process it. I can sit and help um, somebody unpack like what's going on in the statements and they're going to have a real solid footing to make business decisions. And um, it turns out that life is not <laughs> life is not simple. People <laughs> have complex relationships with money, um, and one of the things that I did find was there is a a real difference in gender and how we approach the um, the stories that come up because um, everybody has money stuff, regardless of gender, regardless of it's part of the human experience. Um, But males are really socialized to just push through it and take action. Um, And what I was seeing in my females is there was a tendency to just not act. Um, I was not getting the information that I needed, regardless of how we set up systems and how we, talked about adapting systems to meet their needs and there comes a point in time where you've got a question is it the system um or is it some other level of resistance and that's where conversations about what is going on inside your body what is going on um when you're trying to do this because we've tried enough things that we know it's not about how we're doing stuff. Practically, it's what is your in, internal narrative? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love the aspect that you said too about like the masculine and the feminine. And I never really thought about that, right? Like to me, I kind of, you know, when you were talking about it, you kind of mentioned like, to me, it feels like females are more like passive about money, right? Like you found that a lot of them weren't really taking as much action as like males were um, with their finances. And I'm curious, um, you know, when you kind of started investigating this or like opening up with, you know, these clients of yours, women of yours, like what did you really discover was the internal narrative 
Like, did you find there was one that was like a common thread or was it kind of everybody, you know, was all over the board with their stories about money? Um, I think that when you start getting curious and you start digging down and going for, and what's the, what's the story behind that story and what's the story behind that story it all comes down to these core wounds that we have as humans um fears around safety mm. uh fears wow. around worth around mm. being seen being um belonging mm. but the way that that story connects in each person and the way that that story is expressed in each person looks a little bit different mm-hmm. um so you have people who maybe are less taking more action you have people who take less action and their their um their pain plays out more internally um you have people who are controlling about money uh, in in the physical world and in the relationships that they have um, around money. Um, you have, a, there are women that fall into a lot of martyrdom because we're, you know, we're socialized to self-sacrifice as women. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, we definitely are. Yeah, so it takes a, a little bit of curiosity. Um, and sometimes that can be a little bit scary because you don't know what you're going to get when you dig beneath the surface. And I'm sure you see that too, um, as you work with women on on all the healing journeys that we take. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's like peeling back the onion, right? Like peeling back all of those layers and those stories, and then finally getting to like that core wound or that core, core belief that a lot of us, I mean, most of the time, right, we pick that up in our childhood and I'm sure like you see a lot of like your clients, they get their money stories from caregivers in their life, right? Or like mentors in their life. So, you know, it's kind of like depending on what your parents thought of money, or I guess I think about it in my perspective, you know, like it was kind of like my parents are always like, oh, we got to save, we got to save, like we never have enough money, Um, you know, like, or I even see people like, you know, we're, oh, we're not that type of family that can like afford that. And it's like those, when mm-hmm. like, you know, your caregivers or like mentors are like constantly saying those things it's like then you believe them because you don't know what else to believe right like you're like this is my reality and it's really hard I think to you know when you get older to challenge that and like re almost rewire that belief and I'm curious too um if you have anything to say I think you already mentioned it about like this in the body right because you mentioned it can feel really scary and I feel like there is like some trauma or some deep wounds that come up around like scarcity like not having enough not feeling worthy of having money or whatever it is right like if you see anything kind of coming up in like the body and in the nervous system when you talk with your clients about this yeah one of the things that we talk about is how how do you settle your nervous system? And I know that as we're people who've worked with our energies, we have different things that we like to go to as um, a, a comfortable way to discharge energy. Um, for me, it's movement. I'm curious, mm-hmm. like, what that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. 
yeah um I think my biggest one so far has been uh yoga um mm. especially like mm. uh, I've gotten really into yin yoga when I started doing yoga I was doing like vinyasa like hot yoga like going mm. crazy and moving super fast mm. but once I started to do yin yoga it's like you are faced with yourself like you're in these poses for like five minutes at a time and like you can't go you can't run away from that you're just sitting there yeah. with yourself and your body and you're just like feeling it all and then I feel like it's yeah. Like, yeah you come to terms with like right those core wounds or like fears that you have or yeah things are just like more present and you're just aware of them so yeah yoga's always been like a huge one for me and just getting out of my head and uh back into my body has been um really transformational and so helpful for me too even in yeah uh, and there's oh yeah go ahead no no um I was going to say that there's a level of um when you do that sort of thing when you um, sit in a pose for five minutes, um, your mind your mind has an opportunity to say all the things, right? Replay all the stories and you witness it. And witnessing it has such a power to be able to being able to work with it. Yeah. And I feel like that's what yeah that's what um I like to do with the, my clients too it's the what do we need to do to get everything to a point where we can be calm and look at this in uh money can be really triggering in a non-triggered state mm -hmm. um what does that look like what does that feel like how do we recognize it um and what is possible when we're able to get there Mm, I love that I think that's such a good reminder um because I've been doing a little bit of work with like money myself and something that I've been learning and I'm curious what you have to say about this is like um you know somebody told me it's like when you like look at money right or like let's say you have debt or let's say you're looking at your bank account or like things that just deal with like money right you want to try to like you know, like look at your bank accounts or just kind of come to terms with like money and what you have in a more neutral way. Instead of, you know, like logging onto your bank account and being like, oh God, like, you know, I don't have enough or like already going into it, right? With like scarcity mindset. Um, and then like viewing it, like, you know, cause I'm sure there's a lot of people here that like have debt, whether it's student loans or like credit cards or other things. And I think that brings up a lot of things for us, right? Like feeling shameful or like feeling afraid or just like yeah feeling like overwhelmed like how am I going to pay this off right but what I've been learning is it's kind of you know calming your nervous system down with whatever modality you want to use and then like being willing to like look at that no matter what is there right and being like okay like this is fine um so I'm curious like what you see in that or if like that's something that you kind of um do as well yeah, the idea of being neutral money with money is such, it's totally the goal. And yet, um, for most people, being completely neutral money isn't a thing. We conflate money with safety. We conflate, uh, we conflate money with our own value. Um, we, if, if we've gotten to the point where we're like, this is my value. This is what I'm charging for my time and my effort. Um, what happens when somebody says no to that? 
does it become does it become a statement on their perspective of your value or is it just is it neutral enough to um not take personally because mm. <laughs> money feels really personal even Duh. if money inherently isn't <laughs> It does. Yes. And somebody once told me to like money doesn't care about you. And it's not like in a bad thing, right? Like money doesn't care about you. It's just like money doesn't care either way. Like, um, you know, like if you if you love it or hate it, like money is just like this thing, right? It's not, you know, like something that you need to be afraid of. Um, but yeah, like, I think that's so true. And something, you know, especially like me being like an entrepreneur, or just like putting myself out there and like other people that I'm sure listen to this that are like, you know, entrepreneurs, or whether like you're selling things or, you know, whatever it is, right, or how much your salary is, or if you're asking for a raise, um, we definitely attach our worth to it, our status, like who we are as people. It is crazy. And when I first, you know, started like setting my prices, and if people would like reject me or be like, that's too much or yeah, there definitely are beliefs that come up. That's like, Oh, you're not worth that. Or, you know, somebody doesn't think that you're worth that. So um, yeah, it's a lot of um, hard things that come up, I think. Um, and it's, you're right. Like it's so hard to like get into like more of a neutral, like, you know, neither this, neither that sort of like viewpoint with this. Um, so I'm curious, like, if you've been able to do that yourself with money um, or in like how you kind of have worked with that, because I guess I imagine in my mind, it's kind of a process of course, and a journey. I'm sure it's like, doesn't happen overnight. Like you don't wake up and you're like, I'm neutral with money. Yeah, I did it. Um, so yeah, I'm curious, like how, how you, how this has shown up in your life and how you've been able to, to do this. If, if you have. Yeah. Um, I think that, we all have ways we all have like our um i'm seeing like those carved out trails i think maybe because it's snowing here right now i'm like <laughs> seeing those carved out trails yeah. on a mountain right and yeah. we have our carved out trails that we can fall down um when life is stressful but if we're mindful there are definitely opportunities for us to notice um when you're stressed what what are the thoughts that are coming up and give them space to be and give them some love and compassion mm. um i i i think about the energy that money carries and in some ways, I think about um, how it often reflects what we bring to it. Um, what happens for people who avoid money, um, who avoid thinking about it, who avoid working with money, does money avoid working with them? Um, mm -hmm. Versus if you're in this loving relationship with money where you welcome it when it comes in and you release it with love when it goes um what does that what are the possibilities that come with that and so when you're stressed like being able to be in your body enough to notice it and then take a breath pause and 
make a, an intentional choice about what you're going to do next. Mm. Like you said, so many of these beliefs are connected to these wounds that we pick up from childhood. Mm. And it makes me think about how we work with children. And I don't know if you've had a lot to do with toddlers, um, but I like, I used to work <laughs> with little kids. And what happens when you ignore a little kid that's stressed? That little kid gets more stressed and they act out bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. And if one of these wounds is connected to your inner child, connected to that five-year-old version of yourself or your, the three-year-old version of yourself that saw this particular situation and felt unsafe and believes that the only safe option is the story of scarcity or the story of control. Um, if you ignore that, that belief that that voice is going to get louder mm -hmm. but our reality is often not that experience mm -hmm. we're in a different place now we're more we're resourced differently mm -hmm. but that in, in our little five-year-old doesn't know that I know no they don't it's like they're still stuck in that story and they're scared and I feel like yeah you're right like that's the big part of us that I think is kind of in that fear, right? In in that story, like that's a part of us that when we look at our bank account or we look at like our student debt and we're like, oh, like I'm scared, right? Like I feel like a big chunk of that comes from like our inner child and that part of us that maybe didn't get that attention or, you know, didn't really get that care or is still kind of like stuck in those beliefs from like the stories that like their caregivers were telling them or their mentors were telling them or the world was telling them like this is your reality and this is your role in reality and like this is how it's going to be for you right um I think that that's definitely so true and like inner child work has been so transformational in my journey and it sounds like it's been really helpful on your journey and something that you help your clients with um so just to all you listeners like inner child work I think is just so important right because we forget about like our inner child or even our inner teenager right I think that's important too because you know especially talking about money like as a teen I feel like that's kind of like maybe when you got your first job or your parents were giving you an allowance and they were you know maybe kind of trying to like I guess help you maybe manage money or maybe they weren't at all or you know I feel like there's a big chunk of things that happened during that time in your life too um, that shape the the way that we view money and like what's really possible for us as well. Um, so yeah, a, definitely a resounding yes to all of what you said. Um, and I love too kind of what you were saying about the relationship with money. Like it is a relationship, and just like any relationship that you have in your life, if the more like energy you put towards it, and I love that you keep using the words love and compassion because I really think that that's so important. It's like loving loving that right like putting energy towards that thing like obviously it's going to give you that in return I mean when I think about it it's kind of like because I'm definitely somebody that like avoids money I'm like I'm not going to check my bank account I'm not going to check my student loans like nah um I know I'm that like avoidant person and it's kind of like why would money pay attention to me if I'm not giving it the time of day like it's constantly showing up for me and I'm like no thank you goodbye like, obviously, when you put it that way, it's kind of like, why would money show up for me? 
So I love that. And I think that so many people are going to be um, blown away by that, right? Because it's so true. It's like we are in relation with everything. And so where you, wait, what is the saying? It's like where your energy, no, where your awareness goes, energy flows there. That's what it is. So mm. yeah, mm-hmm. like putting your awareness towards money. Um, and I really feel like we live in abundant in an abundant universe, especially in this time. I'm curious what your thoughts are about that. <laughs> I'm sure I, I, say, but... I, I am so um I love working with the universe. I love putting intentions out there. Um I also crack up with how things show up when I'm not explicit. But yeah, um, there there was some way in which you phrased that where I was like, oh yeah, also specific. But yeah, I do. I think that um, one of the things I've come to realize is that I don't need to serve everybody because I'm not the best person to serve everybody. Um, And by that logic, there is always going to be somebody who is going to be the right fit for me. And so I don't need to be caught in this, um, in this idea that we live in scarcity and there's only so much to go around. The fallacy of the zero sum game is like this awful fallacy that we all um, to some level have playing out. I mean, how many times have you heard, and maybe this is not uh, so much in the younger generations, but I certainly grew up hearing my loss is your gain. And who said that's actually true? I was literally just thinking about that. That was like a question I was going to ask you was like, you know, it's like even like the old business or competition model, like in order for me to be successful, like I have to climb over all of these other people, like I have to get to the top of this pyramid. And that's such Mm -hmm. a scarcity mindset to look at, right? Like if this person gets like a client or if they get business, like they're taking away from me and I'm not going to have enough. Mm -hmm. So I need to like steal something from them. And I think that still definitely shows up in our paradigm right now or our culture you know because we are in that ma- more masculine kind of like competitive um kind of energy so yeah you know with saying that like I'm curious what you really see for us as like a society or like culture moving forward um you know if you have any ideas I'm sure you do right about like because I do feel like we're moving into a new new paradigm where it's like, instead of climbing over everybody, we can all just, I see it as like a circle, right? I don't know if this is like what you see, but I see like a circle and it's like, we're all sharing with each other, right? Like we're not in competition with each other. It's more like we're building each other up and knowing that like, like exactly what you were saying, not everybody is going to be for me. And so they're going to go work with somebody else that is for them. But I have people that are for me. And because of that, I'm always going to be supported and get everything that I need and more because we do live in an abundant universe. Um, But I think it's changing that because I feel like we've been conditioned to believe that we need to do that, right? Even when we're younger, you know, it's like we play games. We're all in this like competitive thing where we need to compete against each other. And so it's like we learn that when we're young. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah. 
I could keep going with that, but I'm curious, like, what you see, what your <laughs> thoughts are on on any of that. So, like, on that theme of the universe does not create coincidences, I had a call earlier this morning, and it was like, I'm an old millennial. Um, she's an old millennial, and I gotta tell you, TikTok. I I love TikTok because <laughs> Gen Z is like bold and beautiful and they talk about all these things that were shameful for mm -hmm. us as millennials um i saw this video of somebody crying and then somebody else stitched it and was like shaming them for crying on social media and then somebody else stitched it and i was like Go Gen Z, because <laughs> she was like, this is how I know you're a millennial, because you grew up in the age of Instagram, where everything was curated and polished, and that is not our life. This is this is TikTok, and we're open, and we're vulnerable, and I think that's where um, a lot of my excitement and the power comes in, like, in society right now, because we're having conversations about things that um, we never did, like I, I never did growing up. Um, one of the things that keeps popping up in my sphere is um, women talking about feeling trapped in romantic relationships and women talking about abuse they've, they've experienced in those relationships. And how amazing that we're actually talking about that stuff now because that stuff that would have been swept under the rug 20 years ago yeah I'm really hopeful <laughs> me too I'm excited I definitely am too and I love that viewpoint you know like I think there's so many people that look at younger generations and are like what are they doing like uh you know just like not understanding and I literally just had a conversation with somebody close to me that is like um, in an older generation about even the way that we view certain concepts, right? Like we have in conversation about trauma and what that means to them and what that means to me. And there are so many differences, right? But that's the beauty of our society and culture. And like, there is so much hope. And I love like the direction that we're moving in, which I feel like is our ability to have hard conversations and bring the things that we feel shameful about or badly about to the light so they can be talked about because ultimately that's what needs to happen um in order for us to not feel shameful about them and I think money is a big one right like when we look at our culture nobody wants to talk about money I mean maybe I see that changing now like even on, I've seen like some TikToks there's people that are like how much money do you make or you know how much is your apartment and then they'll they'll be like I love this one guy because he's like hey how much is your apartment in New York City and they're like they always give the number and then he's like can I go see it and they're like yeah come on up and I just love that because people are just like willing to share right where I feel like back when people would be like "Ooh, that's a weird question like don't ask me how much um I pay for my rent or you know don't ask me how much like I um make you know for my job like people are always like that's rude like why would you ask that? But it's kind of actually like, why is it? Like, why is it such a taboo thing to talk about? And then it's like, everybody's just confused about it because nobody ever wants to talk about it. It's kind of like sex, right? Like it's in our society, like it's everywhere, right? Just like money is. 
but nobody ever wants to talk about it. And so everybody's just freaking confused and then feels bad about it. So yeah, I do. I agree. I love where we're going with that. And um, yeah, I'm curious if that's something that you kind of help your clients with, or if you see a lot with like your clients is, you know, they feel kind of weird about talking about money or, you know, maybe they want to have conversations with people and they feel like they can't express themselves. Um, yeah. I'm curious what you see. I think, yeah, again, it shows up differently. Um, and before like going, something that you said really made me think about um, the fact that money has been taboo for so long. And it begs the question of who benefits if we don't speak about money. Um, if a certain group of people, yeah, if a certain group of people, certain gender, you know, let's let's play out those demographics, are the people who are in control of a lot of wealth, um, and us, like everybody else, it's not having conversations about wealth. Um, where does the power lie and where does the power stay? Um, but yeah, uh, to get back to your question, I think the way in which it plays out looks different. And it looks different because we interpret all of those childhood things differently. Um, but I find that when we can approach these conversations without the judgment, it takes away that piece of shame. If we can center it around, this is a loving, compassionate space where all of these stories that you come up with, we're going to treat with respect because we know that these stories didn't come out of nowhere. Um, these stories came through your life for a reason. They served a purpose. And now our opportunities as autonomous humans is we can choose what role they serve in our life now mm -hmm. yeah that's such an important point to make like the stories and beliefs that you have now helped you I I feel like at one point right and they don't have to be something that you have to feel bad about right I think that can come up a lot like it's like you're judging yourself for how you were judging yourself you know like that you know like mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, it doesn't help the situation. Right. So it's knowing that, which I love because I feel like a big theme again, it's like that love and compassion, right? Like, thank you stories and beliefs for, you know, serving me, like keeping me safe. Cause ultimately at one point in our lives, like that's what they were doing. But at a certain point, because we are always evolving and growing, um, you know, it's time to take on new stories and let those old ones go. Um, so I, mm -hmm. I love that, that part. And I think that that is, is definitely so important. Um, and something else that I think is important for us to like touch on, and I'd love to know what your, um, I, thoughts are on this, because I know that there's a lot of listeners that are more into like, you know, spiritual type of things, you know, healers. And I think that there can be like a huge blockage here with us and making money, right? Like we have our gifts and obviously we need to make a living. But there's a lot of things that come up, you know, with whatever, you know, spiritual lineages that you're practicing or following or just, you know, certain things where, you know, they say like money is a bad thing, material things are a bad thing, you need to give all that stuff up, like, um, 
And so I think it can be hard for us. And this was something that I've definitely been through being like, oh, you know, if I want to have a good relationship with money or if I have a desire even to make a lot of money, then that must mean something bad about me. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm curious if you could like say anything um, on that or what you really see for that or how healers and like spiritual people can kind of um, overcome that. And again, I do think it comes from like our beliefs, but um, yeah, I think it's just important to touch on because I think a lot of our listeners do kind of have a lot of feelings of maybe guilt and shame of, you know, making money on um, our offerings. Um, one of the games or I say game one of the things that I used to do in my teaching career is we would go through the um, whys like asking five whys to try and get to the root of a thing because all of our stories are going to be you know we might have overlap but our stories are going to look different for for each of like whatever age we were at and all of that sort of thing. Um, why also can be a really hard question to ask because it's so broad. So maybe it's uh, what what makes you believe this? Mm -hmm. So I can't receive money in exchange for my services. Um, so what's behind that? Um, if I receive... I, I know one of the things that I had to work through is um, the idea that money is the root of all evil. Mm. Money leads to power and power leads to corruption. And I had to do um, some thinking about how I had witnessed uh, witnessed that firsthand. Mm. Um, how like all the stories around me um, reinforce that. Because if you look at a lot of the narratives that you see on TV or you read in books, how many super, super wealthy characters are the evil, like the, the bad guy? And yeah, they all go down time. the Marvel route. Right? All the time. If you go down Marvel, the only rich superhero is Tony Stark. And Tony Stark's kind of a dick too. Yeah. Right? So, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like when when you have healers and people who feel like their their way to express in the world is to help, what are the the barriers that come into place? But then getting down to like, why does it matter to me that um, I'm I'm not perceived as bad or corrupt? Um, what am I looking for? Um, mm. I believe that if I'm bad or corrupt, I am going to re be rejected from society. Mm. Um, comes down to like belonging mm. for me. Um, and being safe and belonging meant that I couldn't acquire too much wealth. But it, it looks different for different people, right? And this is where yeah. that process of gentle inquiry, where it's like, let's let's just be curious and that's all we're going to do we're going to be curious and allow what comes up to come up yeah I like that and I think coming from curiosity is such a beautiful place when we're exploring like the inner depths of ourself 
Um, Cause it's almost like you can kind of take like a step out of it and be like, Oh, okay. I have this belief. Let's like take that as, you know, a step further. And it's kind of just like, you know, like thinking about life as like more of an experiment and, you know, we're just like witnessing and trying these things, but like, it doesn't have to be right or wrong. What we're, what we're finding out. Right. So I, I love that. And I think that that is so powerful, like asking the whys and, and the questions and, you know, asking the question too, like, is this actually true? You know, like mm-hmm. it's true that um, having a lot of money um, will make me a bad person. Right. Or that, you know, mm-hmm. people are going to think ill of me and I won't be accepted if I have a lot of money. Like, is that actually true? Like, is that actually going to happen? Um, mm-hmm. Most of the time, right. It, it isn't. Um, and I think, yeah, there's so many stories that, you know, come from like media, come from culture and yeah, like I know like one story I had was like, oh, if you have a lot of money, you've probably done something to like exploit others or like exploit the environment. And, um, you know, like you had everything handed to you, like, right. Things like that. And it's like, you don't even know the person at all, but it's just like making these assumptions. Um, and it keeps us in such a limited, I think like a, a limited reality because, then it's kind of just like, like, I remember when I was, you know, first having my business and I was like, well, I don't really want to make a lot of money because, you know, that would be, you know, who would I be if I made a lot of money? Like I would be a bad person, but like, that was so limiting and something that, you know, I have kind of been considering is like when you have more people that have good intentions, right. And want to spread love and healing and whatever it is, right. Want to help others. And we have more money like that's only going to better everybody else. Like why let other people who might not have good intentions have all the money, you know? So absolutely. Yeah. Right. I know when I thought about that, I'm I was totally like, with you. I was like, Oh yeah. And it just keeps us in such a more, again, limited reality and only like a few people like in control of things. So yeah, I think that that's so it's, true. Like, thinking about what you do with the money that you intentionally redistribute into the world. And then think about like a corporation who has no problem, like a large multinational corporation who has no problem um, taking the cash. What are they going doing to intentionally redistribute cash? Um, mm-hmm. It's so true. Yeah, what? It's so true. What are you going to do with your money? Like, do you do you have plans and hopes and dreams for your cash? I think that's such a good question. And I I actually was just talking to a friend about this. And she had to do this exercise where it was like, you had like $500 million. And you got to like, just kind of plan out what you would do with that money over like a certain amount of time. And she was like, I was actually shocked. Like I used up all the money. And I had all these big projects and things that I did with my life. And it was really cool and great. And it made me realize, like, I could actually do all of that now if I wanted to. Like, I could start now with what I have and where I'm at in my life and, like, build myself up to, you know, that Mm -hmm. vision that I ultimately had for myself. And she's like, it was was Mm -hmm. cool, but it was, like, really scary at the same time. Because then I realized, like, nothing was stopping me. Um, And I think that that that's so cool, right? It's like, we really, you know, you do have the ability to have, I guess, I feel like whatever, you know, we want and whatever our desires are, like the universe is always here to help and, and support us. Um, and 
so yeah I think that's where I was gonna go with that but yeah I just thought that was that was really cool um yeah and I do really feel like you know too oh I know where I was gonna go with that now here we go if you have more money, right? Like you can support your, like, let's say you're, you know, your friends have a business or you're really wanting to support like an artist, right? You can support them or whoever you want to support, right? Let's say you want to donate to an animal shelter or something, or maybe you want to take your friends on a vacation, right? Like, I mean, you can do so many great things with that money. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I just, I do really feel like I think a lot of us kind of limit ourselves in saying, well, I don't really need that. I don't really want that. And I feel like it's kind of like a big shadow, right? It's kind of just, maybe we actually do have that. I don't want to say like everybody has a desire to have money, but I think a lot of us kind of do. Like I know I do. And when I was kind of saying to myself, like, I don't, I was just lying to myself. And then I felt really triggered by people that were actually making money. And I've noticed that with some of my clients, like they get triggered by people that seemingly have wealth and they're like, Ooh, that person, you know, that, that person, you know, must have done all these bad things or, you know, a bunch of stories and beliefs come up and they get angry or triggered at that person. And so it's kind of like, we look into why they were so triggered. And I remember this happened with one mm -hmm. of my clients. She saw like somebody driving a really nice sports car and was like really triggered by him. And she's like, why am I so triggered by this guy? I don't even know him. Like I just saw him as I was walking down the street. And what we uncovered was that, she secretly like wanted a car like that and she but you know she had all of these beliefs like oh like who would I be if I had a car like that like you know how would I make that money or like what would my life be like if I made that money and what would others think about me if I drove that car and she didn't even know she had like any of those beliefs at all but she was just like upset with this guy for seeing him like drive a car that she like secretly wanted so I think that that's something that I think is important is just like being aware of like your triggers, I think too, with like money or like people that, you know, have things that maybe you secretly actually want and you're just maybe like lying to yourself about wanting them. Cause it's not a bad thing, right? To I think desire some things. So, yeah. yeah. And I think too about how like a trigger reflects your values and how triggers are such learning experiences for, um, uncovering what's going on in that subconscious yeah I definitely think so too um okay so kind of before we get into your offerings um because this episode has blown by so fast I'm curious um you know if somebody kind of wanted to start rewriting their relationship to money you know today what are like some simple like accessible ways that they could start to do that I think so I used to go straight into like brain dump all of your beliefs but people have resistance to that and so I think the, the real first step is getting in tune with your body and noticing when you're experiencing that resistance and giving it giving that response what it needs so like you said for you it's it's the going into a yin pose um, or initiating a yin practice. Um, I was triggered uh, by something. List, it was listening to my own voice. And I noticed that I'd paused and I was like, okay, I need to do something else to discharge my energy while I'm doing this so that I can access um, my thinking. And it was 
I'm putting on a pair of headphones and I'm going to go vacuum while I do it. So I think the first step is figuring out what do you need to do to allow your nervous system to settle so that you can access this step. Mm-hmm. And then the next step is getting curious about what's going on underneath, like spend some time just brain dumping. Mm-hmm. But you're never going to get there unless you can like settle your body, right? Yeah. Your body will protect you. Yeah. I love that. I think that's such an important step. And something I haven't really thought about, yeah, is like getting to a place before, yeah, you you kind of, you know, want to go deeper within. And it's it, it seems like, yeah, it's kind of like calming your nervous system, right? So that you can really open up. It's kind of like letting those walls mm-hmm. down because when the nervous system is really activated, it seems like it's more on like the defense, like, uh, you know, it's like out of sync. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, I love that insight. And I think that's such a, an important first step for people. And I love the vacuuming and like the discharging of the energy. I think that's so smart. Um, I was like, ah, I think that's definitely something that I could do. Like, I like that. And I think so many of the listeners too, definitely will relate to that. So I love that. And I think this is a great way to just get in tune with like what we're needing, right? Like what our bodies are needing too. So thank you for that. It cracks me up though. But like the person downstairs at one point, she was like, how often do you, because I I have a dog <laughs> and he's very shetty. So like, I mean, but she goes, how often do you vacuum? <laughs> I was like, look, this is the deal. <laughs> If I have too much energy running around, I vacuum. Oh my God, I love that. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, wow, that's funny. Um, okay, so how can people work with you? And then um, if you want to go into, yeah, like some of your offerings and like what you really do, how you help people, where they can find you and connect with you, things like that. Yeah, in that spirit of, there's a person for everyone. I think that um, for me, every relationship begins with like, we both have to feel like we're the right fit, that um, I am the person for you and you're the person for me. So it's a pitch-free call where we explore your dreams. We explore what resistance is coming up, what's going on. Um, And then, and this is where like, I have to put my hand up and say, I suck at sales. I'm like, I'm going to put the ball in your court because this is vulnerable stuff. Mm -hmm. If you want to work with me, tell me. I'm not going to push you into it because that's not the energy I want to bring into our relationship. So um, I I know that there are business coaches who might be like, no, you actually have to pitch stuff. You actually have to make offerings, but... It's it's something I'm working on. <laughs> um, I do also have free resources on the website um, just aimed at giving you some support if you're not ready to dive into a call. Love that. Beautiful. And I love that approach. I mean, what I'm really learning about business is like everybody does it differently, right? And like you were saying, there's so many people that really resonate with not being pushed into things and some some people that need that push. So. I love that. Um, and yeah, um, for those of you listening, you can um, find information about how to connect with Brittany in the show notes. Um, so yeah, I was so enjoyed having you on the show and talking about money. 
and everything else that we talked about today. It was such a beautiful, beautiful experience. Thank you for being on and sharing your wisdom with all of us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's been such a great conversation. <laughs> I feel like they always prompt additional thinking. I know. That's how I feel when I'm asking the questions. I'm like, oh, I feel like you could go into something else and then something else and something else. And it's like, oh, how do <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like you have to do like so many different episodes, right? So maybe we'll have you back on mm -hmm. the show. Um, but thank you listeners for tuning in and for supporting us. Um, and please feel free to reach out if um, you have any insights about this episode. Feel free to share those with us. And I hope that you all have a beautiful morning, afternoon, evening, or night, wherever you are, and stay wild.